Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Got a question for you. Is ruining 20 years worth of research a bad idea? Speaking of bad ideas, New York is a sanctuary state for mutilating kids now. And well, guess what? Your tax dollars in Arizona are now going to uh, transing all your government workers. Yes, I'm Andrew Coppins. I'm flying solo. This is a WTF Wednesday edition of Critical Thinking. So let's get in to some critical thinking. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yes, Pat is still out with the allergies and the coughing and the wheezing and all of that horrific, just terrible stuff. Uh, probably don't need to see or hear it on the air. So hopefully he will be better in the next couple of days. If not, uh, we'll figure things out. Um, and then uh, tomorrow I'll you know, kind of give you a update as to what we're doing around the 4th of July week and the week after um, some things are going on that will uh, change up this program a little bit. Uh, but more details to come tomorrow. Do not forget, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at the cop and show. You can follow the show on Instagram at critical thinking show Facebook as well. Uh, you can do all of that wonderful goodness. Having said all of that, you can also download, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Believe it or not, just simply hitting that follow on the Apple uh, podcast app or just hitting the plus button or whatever have you, whichever way you like to listen to this show, make sure you are downloading it. Make sure you are just subscribing to it. It is as simple as that. We would love your rating. We would love your review. But just simply interacting with the show that way actually helps us grow the show. Speaking of growing the show, you can go over to the Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking and see us each and every weekday there, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. All right, so what am I going to be talking about prior to the WTF stories here on the program? Well, you know, yesterday I talked to you a little bit about the potential for doing something a little bit extra for our wonderful followers and doing something called the critical thought. 
And I wanted to debut kind of the concept and idea here, since I am flying solo, of what this critical thought is going to look like. And there's been something that has been bugging me for the last, I don't know, month, month and a half, if you will. And that is what has been going on inside Major League Baseball and what's been going on specifically with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I have some thoughts on what all of what was going on with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and the Dodgers and the protests and all the things that took place uh, just a few weeks ago. Oh, well, about a week and a half ago at this point. But anyway, I wanted to kind of talk about it from the perspective of what this has to say about ourselves, what it has to say about the other side, the spirit of the age, Major League Baseball, all of that sort of stuff. So here is kind of what um, we're looking at when it comes to the critical thought idea. So let me know if you like it, if you don't, if you want to see more of it, less of it, all of that wonderful goodness. Again, you can hit me up on Twitter at The Coppin Show, the Facebook page for the show, uh, Instagram, all of that wonderful goodness. So a couple of Fridays ago, the Sisters of Perpetual Blasphemy or Indulgence were quote unquote honored by the Los Angeles Dodgers during the annual, now annual Pride Night event at the stadium. In protest, about a thousand or so Catholics, other Christians, even a Jewish rabbi, by the way, gathered outside of the stadium. Now, the backdrop. Soon after all of this was taking place, we saw video come out with about maybe 100, 200, somewhere in that region, people sitting in the stands as the sisters of blasphemy, because I'm not calling them indulgent but the Sisters of Blasphemy were honored at Pride Night. Now, thousands, hundreds. That seems like a win, right? Now, I'm not going to lie. I was smiling ear to ear seeing that. Like, it felt like an absolute win. Except for the devil is in the details here. Because... What was coming out eventually after these initial videos inside the ballpark was that, well, this award wasn't exactly given to the Sisters of Blasphemy during the middle of the fourth inning or right before the seventh inning stretch or anything like that, nobody being in the stands, which would be a major win. Don't get me wrong. A very symbolic, but a very major win. But, but instead... The Dodgers, in the effort of brand over everything, in the effort to sweep controversy under the rug, decided that, well, we're going to honor the Sisters of Blasphemy just moments after the gates to the ballpark opened up for the general public to come in. So naturally, there would only be maybe 100, 200 people who could have gotten to their seats in the stands as the Sisters of Blasphemy were being quote-unquote honored on the field. Does that change your perspective on what we saw there with thousands versus hundreds? If not, how about this little tidbit from that Friday night at the ballpark? 49,000 people were in attendance at that game. That is better then their league leading, by the way, attendance average of 47,000 per game. 
I don't know about you, but that certainly does not scream winning for the protesters. What price specifically, literally, or even figuratively did the Dodgers pay that night? They still got to, quote-unquote, honor that group that they really wanted to before you and I got a hold of the lineup, pun intended there, of whom they were going to be honoring that night at the ballpark. They still got to do exactly what they were going to do in the first place. They just shoved it to the very front of the order. It was the leadoff instead of batting cleanup like they probably would have wanted. All you did was, you know, switch the batting order. Yes, full of baseball puns, if you will. I don't call that a win. Did the Dodgers uh, apologize? No. Oh, actually, they did. They apologized to the LGBT community for offending them. Did they apologize to the Lord in any way, shape, or form? Nope. Not at all. Not one bit. Never. Not going to happen. So, the, the game goes on. They honor these people. And more people show up than average to the ballpark. Now, yes, it's a Friday night and blah, 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 blah. But more people showed up despite a thousand or more people sitting outside of the stadium protesting the blasphemers. So my question to myself was, well, what exactly would have been a W in all of this? So number one would have been a nearly empty ballpark. Number two, how about only those of the LGBTQ persuasion occupying the seats in the stadium and spending their money at the stadium? Why? Well, that would have been a win because you and I and other Christians and other individuals who don't support the blasphemy of this organization wouldn't have spent a dime on the Dodgers that night. Furthermore, Christians on both teams, both the Giants and the Dodgers, one of the biggest rivalries in all of Major League Baseball, by the way, did any of them stand up and take an actual stand? No. Well, they could have. They could have refused to don their uniforms. They could have refused to go out and play that night. And then issue a statement saying, nah, we're not good with organizations who decide to do what the Dodgers did and honor those whom want to blaspheme against our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forgo that night's paycheck in service of the Lord. I think that's a pretty small price to pay. And I got to get into the price to pay in a little bit. In fact, I'm going to get into it right now because what has been happening around Major League Baseball this entire quote-unquote Pride Month? Well, we saw Jerome Williams of the Washington Nationals kind of be sat down and told to shut up after he issued a statement that was as strong as I have ever seen from a professional uh, athlete in defense of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But then... We saw one of the pitchers for the Toronto Blue Jays, yes, a journeyman pitcher, simply re-story and like a story on Instagram talking about the demonic um, t-shirts that were at 
Target, and the talk-friendly clothing for children. See, that was such an offense to the religion of the woke, he had to issue an apology. And when that apology didn't seem good enough, well, the Blue Jays made him literally genuflect and catch the first pitch at Toronto's Pride Night for further penance. Oh, and by the way, when he got booed mercilessly at the Toronto Pride Night by the uh, totally LGBTQ-friendly crowd at the ballpark that night, the Blue Jays promptly fired his ass. Well, they designated him for assignment, thus firing him. So, offend the Lord all you want. How dare you? Offend the religion of the woke. How dare you suggest that businesses probably shouldn't be in the, I don't know, business of promoting literal Satanists and a Satanist clothing line? This wasn't just that this person is a Satanist. This is a person whose entire clothing line is dedicated to service of Satan. Okay, I hope you understand that. Now, the other part of all of this, right, would have been that pitcher not paying a price for thinking different. The win would be Christian players at this game standing the hell up. The win would have been an empty ballpark. Or how about this win? Going forward, over the next two weeks, month, rest of the season, the Dodgers' league-leading attendance no longer becomes league-leading and declines precipitously. Did any of that happen? No, none of it. Now, don't get me wrong. Seeing people protest in the name of the Lord, calling out blasphemy for what it is, blasphemy, Literally praying in public, visibly praying, it matters. But it's not enough. Just simply doing that one time is not enough. You have to be willing to also, while you're praying, listen for God to give you guidance and action plans in answering your prayers. And my question is, what action plan has come from those prayers and protestations? This is an ultimate spiritual battle, spirit of the age versus our Lord and Savior and his Father. Now, how do we know that action is what matters instead of just prayers and protestations? We can simply look at Target, right? And look at what has happened to its stock. Look at what has happened to its bottom line. We can look at Bud Light. It is no longer the number one, or at least the last couple of weeks, it hasn't been the number one selling beer in America anymore. That has gone to Modelo. Now, Modelo is not perfect. It's got its DEI statements and all of that sort of stuff, but at least they are not insulting you to your face. It turns out doing small actions in your own life and then multiplying them and amplifying them is what actually matters here. 
Now, I know there are going to be some people in the crowd who are going to say, but Andrew, aren't you a libertarian free speech absolutist? Yes. Do these people have the right under our Constitution to be blasphemers? Mm -hmm. They do. They absolutely do. But does that mean we just allow them to go on their merry freaking way and ho-hum our life, living in a street, our house, right? No, we don't just go on and, and just ignore. We also have the right to protest. We also have the right to speak and to call out blasphemy for being blasphemy. We have an absolute right to do what the other side has done for 30 years and demand some sort of fealty to, hey, would it be cool with you guys if, um, I don't know, you didn't honor actual blasphemers in the name of quote-unquote inclusivity? Because what is inclusive of that? Whom are you inclusive of? It is certainly not any of your Christian fans. That's pretty much what was going on there. Do we or do we not have the right to call out Nazi speech for being terrible? In fact, I would suggest we have a moral obligation to doing so. We also have a moral as Christians, as Jews, as Muslims, as people of monotheistic faith to call out the blasphemers. It turns out that in the marketplace of speech and ideas, you don't just get to speak free of any consequences, free of other people disagreeing with you. Oh, gee, I, I get to speak whatever the hell I want and nobody else gets to say anything? It's not how free speech works. Free speech means you are free to speak, but you ain't free of any consequences, my friends. So my problem is not in the fact that these people were being honored by the Dodgers per se. It's the fact that this. It's an organization that for literally my entire life, I've never known to have existed except for it has existed for my entire 41 years going on 42 years on this earth. Okay. It's existed for my entire life. I've been able to ignore them my entire life. But what the Dodgers were doing by quote unquote honoring these people was making us in the general public now accept them as some sort of a serious organization. It's an organization that 99% of us had never heard with or engaged with prior to this. Neither had the Dodgers, by the way. Because these people were so ridiculous and so unworthy of being taken serious but now, thanks to this, we were somehow expected to honor them, to take them seriously, to suggest that, well, as Bill Platsky in the LA Times wrote, that um, you, you have to accept the nutty nuttiness of the desecration of the rituals and rites and 
um, relics because they do good work, because they help people who are, quote-unquote, marginalized in the AIDS community in the 1980s. As if, you know, well, I guess, you know, it, that, that person who murdered, like Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, murdered tons and tons and tons of people, right? He cannibalized tons and tons of people. But you know what? He donated to charity, and uh, he he was part of uh, the group that wanted to help um, those who were suffering from AIDS in the 80s. So all sin be forgiven. Aw, hell no to Bill Plachke and company. Aw, hell no to the suggestion that these people be taken seriously. And that's my ultimate problem here. That's the real issue, is that the Dodgers are asking us to now take this organization as some sort of serious group. They are unserious people who seriously blaspheme the Lord. We had done a great job of making these people unimportant in our society because they are. Because the blasphemy that they speak is not worthy of being taken seriously. But now you suggest that they are serious people that need to be taken seriously. So let's take their stupid speech and let's let's amplify it, right? What's the message there? The spirit of the age to be amplified? The, the religion of the woke must be taken seriously all of a sudden. But if we practice our religion and believe that our religion should be able to be practiced, all oh, suddenly we're bigots and, and terrible people? We're just supposed to be okay with these blasphemers. We're just supposed to be okay with it. Turn the other cheek. Except for that's not even close to at least the pop culture reference to that, what was actually being taught by Jesus in the Bible, but I digress. But even with all those protestations and prayers, not a single price has been paid to Major League Baseball, to anybody else. Now, I will say this. The National Hockey League has said, yeah, we're not doing any of that sort of stuff next year. Like, a blanket across the board. We're just going to focus on, wait for this, folks, hockey. So, turns out some real public pressure sustained has some traction. But I want to ask you this. What was the point of the protestation and prayers? What happened? Has anybody paid a price? Has any, have they stopped going to baseball games in Los Angeles? No. How many of those who are out there protesting are going to go to Faith Night at Dodger Stadium in the month of July? Probably quite a few of them. And, and other people of faith are going to lap it up as if the Dodgers are, are this great faith-filled organization, except for let's ignore what they did a month ago, right? How many practicing Christians have bought Dodgers hats, T-shirts, jerseys, you name it, since this went on? Probably thousands. The point in all of this is this. We haven't created a W in any way, shape, or form other than making ourselves feel great about ourselves because we went and protested and prayed that one time, and now we can go on to our merry lives. Here's the reality. We have a massive mountain to climb, 
to not just get rid of the religion of the woke, to return liberty, to return the ability for Christians to practice their faith openly in public every day if they wanted to. We have a mountain to climb. It is huge, and it's likely to be full of a lot of suffering ahead. But are Christians willing to even suffer a little for the glory of the Lord? Have we shown any sort of that? I would suggest that there is an example of this, but it ain't with the religion of the woke. Given what I've seen so far, we're not willing to suffer much at all. Doesn't seem like any armor, any sort of weaponry, and this is not real, this is a linguistic weaponry, this is a weaponry of fighting the good fight, not taking up actual arms. But it doesn't seem like we're really building up much of anything for the battle for the Lord in his name. Now I hope I am proven wrong, and I think I can be proven wrong because look at the March for Life. Look at the pro-life movement and all of the W's we have been able to hang. Now there's been some L's too, but mostly W's. You're not going to win every battle along the way. It's about steadily climbing that mountain, but willing to suffer a little bit during that time frame. And Lord knows us in the pro-life movement have suffered for 50 years. We fought and fought and fought and fought and fought. And by the way, sometimes fighting within our own quote-unquote movement who are more interested in globbing up money and money and money, gobs and gobs of money from your pocket to profit for themselves rather than to kill off the killing of babies. But we have an example. So are we willing to stand up and say, yeah, we're not going to accept this in um, polite general society? Hey, you want to be on the fringes? You want to be uh, an organization that blasphemes? Do you have the right to do that in this country by the Constitution? Absolutely you do. But none of us need to take you seriously ever. So how about we just agree that organizations that serve some sort of civic duty, like a professional sports team that's supposed to represent a city, how about we just agree that um, the blasphemies, the, the blasphemers, I don't know, the absolute margins of the society when it comes to, I don't know, at least some sort of morality, are not those that take center stage anymore? What's next, drug night? I got an idea. Let's do drug dealer night. What? So those are my critical thoughts on this topic, and I want you people to think about it. What are you willing to act upon? What are we willing to do more in mass to make them bend the knee instead of us being made to genuflect to the religion of the woke. What are we willing to do? Now, with that being said, 
this is a great time to remind you, please go ahead and visit our fine friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. In fact, I'm going to take a nice little sip right now. Because I got a chance this morning to open the strawberries and cream flavor, and it is delicious. So if you're curious what that would be, you know, smell like, taste like in your home, you can go to coffeebrandcoffee.com, enter the promo code critical thinking at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. Folks, we have to be in the business of doing business with those who don't insult us. And there's nothing less insulting than saying, hey, we're going to literally focus on coffee and don't care about your politics, period, amen. We're going to focus on providing a good quality product to as many people as humanly possible. What a business concept, my friends. So again, coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code critical thinking at checkout for 5% off of your purchase today. With all of that having been said, I think now is a great time for us to get into a little WTF Wednesday. Man, does that not ever get old. So with that being said, um, the first WTF Wednesday story is one that I mentioned up front. I was asking about ruining 20 years of research, costing your company a million dollars in a lawsuit being bad for business. Well, according to not the. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A janitor was annoyed by an alarm, so he pulled the plug on a college lab freezer, ruining 20 years of research, and got his company a $1 million lawsuit. <clears throat> leaving the door unlocked, leaving a light on, forgetting to empty a bucket or something, all normal janitor issues. Scuttling two decades worth of research, not normal janitor issues. Turns out, a university janitor, according to CNN, turned off a freezer after hearing multiple quote-unquote annoying alarms, ruined more than 20 years of research, according to a lawsuit filed against his employer by Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute, RPI, in upstate New York. A university janitor who turned off a freezer after hearing multiple annoying alarms ruined more than 20 years of research. The janitor, who was not being sued in the lawsuit, was a contractor with uh Daigle Cleaning Systems, who worked for several months in 2020 at the Private Research University in Troy, New York. Now, I think we can all safely assume he's not working there anymore. 
In fairness, this fellow should have probably been aware of what he was doing. The freezer in question was experiencing some technical issues and was indeed emitting a series of annoying alarms, but it also had a number of large, clear, unambiguous warnings on it to the effect of, the freezer is beeping as it is under repair. Please do not move or unplug it. No cleaning required in this area. You can press the alarm slash test mute button for 5 to 10 seconds if you would like to mute the sound. The freezer unit was full of, wait for this, cell structures and samples from 20 years worth of research. Can't exactly easily replace that sort of thing, even with a million dollars. I mean... I'm just going to say this. I hate, hate stupid alarm noises. I absolutely loathe stupid alarm noises. I hate the people who turn on the alarms um, in the hotel rooms as a joke. Like, it's just, it's just stupid. It's annoying. But I'm not going to sit there and, and uh, oh, wait, that looks like it's really important. So let me just unplug this. Uh, I would probably, one, check with my superiors, two, check with the college before any of that, and more importantly, might read. Like, this is a pretty basic function of any job, but holy man, you imagine that? Ruining 20 years of research. Now, can you imagine this? <clears throat> this comes from the blaze. New York becomes sanctuary state for transgendered children. Will not arrest anyone who performs child sex change surgeries. <sighs> New York Governor Kathy Hochul has signed legislation into law that has made the state a sanctuary for those who have illegally given children sex change drugs, hormones, or surgeries. So they're not even talking about, hey, we're going to allow these things in our state. We are literally going to give you sanctuary if you've performed them illegally in another state. I think this is ironic considering Eric Adams and Kathy Hochul and others have been, oh my God, all of those asylum illegal or, uh, uh, migrants, uh, oh, illegal alien, illegal immigrants that have been populated in to New York City as of late, causing all sorts of problems. So we're going to add more to, to that. We're, we're, we didn't learn the lesson about sanctuaries at all. More importantly, I, I just don't understand what, how, I, I, I guess for me on this one, it is this. My mind will never work in the way that this mindset works. I cannot empathize. I cannot sympathize. I cannot understand and will never understand somebody who believes that you know what we should do to fix what is known to be a mental issue? You know what we should do? We should mutilate a child's body in the middle of puberty in, 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 in you know, at seven, eight years old. Listen to an eight-year-old as if they know what the hell they're talking about, about themselves or anybody else. I will never understand the mindset that says, you know what? Yeah, go ahead and mutilate yourself. Or more importantly, um, 
let's give you some life-altering scenarios, and, and you pick and choose from them, and all of them involve you literally chemically or physically altering your body forever. That makes no sense. None. Now, I have been of the persuasion of if you're an adult and this is what you choose to do, meh. But I'm starting to believe that none of this is scientific in any way, shape, or form. And it is pretty demonic. I am starting to be of that persuasion because as I do more and more scientific looking at this issue, you know, a, a great example of this is Ellen or Elliot or whatever the hell that individual is calling themselves this moment page, right? The, the former star of Juno um, and, and other films. And she, she, her, they, them, him, whatever, uh, did a book and wrote a book. And in that book, they talk about how um, at one point in time, there were voices in, in their head that decided to make sure that they transitioned from a girl into a boy. Wait a minute. So I'm supposed to take seriously somebody who's listening to voices in their head, not prayers, not God speaking to them in a spiritual way, but literally thinking that voices are speaking to them in their head. Pretty sure that is called a mental disorder. I am pretty sure that's either bipolar or schizophrenic on top of everything else that you're going through. So the answer to that would be what? We went through this in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, into the 60s, folks. We went through this. It was called a lobotomy. We don't do them anymore for a reason. Because, wait for this, <clears throat> performing a medical procedure in the pursuit of fixing a mental disorder, unless that actually has been proven to fix the mental disorder, is wrong, it's evil, it's immoral. Ask anybody who had this happen to any member of their family who happened to be Down syndrome, mentally retarded, any of the above. In the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Ask them how it was seeing literally the frontal cortex of their brain taken out in the name of, well, see, now they can't do anything bad to themselves or others and where we go. We didn't do that to them because it was immoral, it was wrong, and it's not how you deal with mental disease. Yet, we are literally doing that in a different way here. We are deciding to alter the body in the pursuit of what? Changing a mental order disorder? And then 99% of those people are still unhappy individuals and commit uh, suicide at even greater rates after transition. 
quote unquote. I'm going to err on the side of not mutilating bodies as a good stepping stone to quality mental health care. I'm just just going to say that. Yeah, here we have politicians who say, boom, just go ahead and lop the tits and bits off of whomever you want, whenever you want. And oh, by the way, if you do it in a state in which uh, that's not legal, come over here to New York. Now, I would suggest that this is the great sorting of America happening, and we are likely to see something pretty brutal down the road, but um, at least the sorting is happening, and I don't know if that's a bad thing per se. I'm struggling to see in this moment how, hey, at least we know whom and where we should be going and and uh, entertaining. I can tell you right now, New York State ain't it for me. Now, to those who have retired to Arizona and believed Arizona to be a bastion of right-wing conservatism, I'm going to present to you this. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs signs an order to allow state employee health coverage for gender transition surgeries. That's right. You with a mental disorder can alter your tits and bits at the expense of the taxpayer in the great state of Arizona. Super right wing, right? Super right wing. Now, here's the good news. That order can be altered by the next governor. Oh, wait a moment. It turns out that, uh, yeah, you guys have been pretty bad at electing quality individuals for a while now. Democratic Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs has signed an executive order to mix a ban to nix a ban on coverage of gender transition surgery for state employees, a move that means state workers' health care plans will no longer be barred from covering the controversial procedures. Quote, the Department of Administration shall remove the exclusion from the state's health care plan as soon as pr- practicable and in compliance with state law, the order declares. The order says that since 2017, the plan has excluded coverage for gender reassignment surgery. One LGBTQ plus community should never have to face hate and discrimination, and I will do everything in my power to fight for full equality, Hobbs said, according to a press release. The state is leading by example on this issue, and we will continue working until Arizona is a place where every individual can participate equally in our economy and our workforce without fear of discrimination or exclusion. Okay, can uh, Christians do that? Just asking. Or is it only the religion of the woke that gets to equally participate in society? I'm just going just gonna to ask. Also on WTF Wednesday, <clears throat> Ford is laying off 1,000 white-collar workers after losing, wait for this, big money on electric vehicles in 2022. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying Ford lost an ass ton of money for a very, very long time in the car department, period, amen, prior to becoming profitable. So in an evolution towards more electric vehicles and and all of that, would they or would they not necessarily take an initial economic hit? Probably. In the name of what? Beginning to do what? Right? Right. And we've long talked about the lack of infrastructure and all of those things. But if you believe that electric vehicles, which I, by the by the way, believe should be in the mix, but not the predominant uh, varietal of 
vehicle because it doesn't sustain itself and it cannot sustain itself. We do not have enough resources in this world to be able to transition everybody to an electric vehicle, period, point blank, not to mention the electric grid and all of that other stuff. But Ford, according to uh, Steve Malloy, lost $34,000 on every EV sold in 2022. EVs and the taxpayer-subsidized industrial policy that mandates them is an unmitigated disaster. And I agree, because this isn't as if they would lost $3,000 on every one that they sold. They lost, if you look at the cost of the, the Ford Mustang EV, if you look at uh, the cost of some of their other electric vehicles, it's somewhere in the range of anywhere from thirty dollars to $60,000, maybe upwards of $70,000. So in any way, shape, or form, they either ate the entirety of the cost of that vehicle or they lost half of what they charged you. That's a problem. That is a major problem. This isn't as if they took a small loss to begin to give you a new product in the knowledge of once people accept that product and begin to use it more, they will get more profit. They will profit from it when it turns from a lost leader to an actual leader. In internal meetings on Monday, Ford began notifying some salaried workers in North America that job cuts would be coming. A company spokesman, uh, spokesman confirmed Tuesday morning. The planned layoffs are concentrated in the engineering ranks where Ford is targeting costs across its business units. Ford plans to lay off 1,000 of its 28,000 salaried employees in North America. If fired, it fired around 3,000 workers in America last year, followed by another 3,800 workers in Europe as well. So if we're doing the math, that's 6,800, 7,800 workers around the globe in the last year or so. Ford is expecting to lose $3 billion in operating profits on its EVs this year alone, by the way, folks. $3 billion eaten like paper and just spit right back out. $3 billion in operating profits. That is an absolute problem. An absolute problem. And finally, folks... Catholic Church in Orlando set a place on the anniversary of Dobbs' decision. I'm sure totally unrelated. You know, the Catholics are the bigots, the terrorists, and oh, wait, it turns out that the people targeting Target have been the LGBTQ activist crowd. Hmm, weird. <clears throat> this from Not the Beat. In the late night hours of June 24th, on the one year anniversary of the overturn of Roe versus Wade in the historic Dobbs' decision, the Incarnation Catholic Church in Orlando, Florida, was set ablaze. The fire occurred on the one-year anniversary, blah, 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 wonderful, great, grand. So wait, let's see. Catholic Church just randomly sat on fire. Now, according to the Orlando Fire Department, the fire was coming from the rear end of the building. Firefighters were able to put out the blaze in 22 minutes, and nobody, thankfully, was in the church at the time. No injuries were reported from the fire. The cause of the fire is under investigation. There is no estimated cost to the damages uh, in damages at this time. A spokesperson for the department told CNA 
On Monday, the pastor of the church, Father William Holiday, told ClickOrlando.com that, quote, the church, for all intents and purposes, on the inside, is destroyed. Now, we also know all of the attacks that happened on Catholic churches and other Christian churches in the lead-up to the Dobbs decision and in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision against uh, against abortion rights, quote-unquote. So, congratulations. Let me ask you who was a terrorist today. And with that, folks, I hope you've enjoyed this WTF Wednesday. With that being said, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. I will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, Pat will be as well. And until then, as always, Matthew 547. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.